Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, a great place to live, work and play. Happy New Year, the first show of the new year, 2022. Where did 2021 go? We'll ask our next next guest that in just a second. It went by fast. And as I've said before, it looks like it seems like we were just talking about 2020 getting behind us and 2021 is literally already behind us. And now we're into 2022. The, the uh, 2022 regular session of the Mississippi Legislature convenes tomorrow at, uh, at noon. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a, a, what I would refer to as one of the most transformative opportunities in the history of our state during this legislative session. We talked about that a little bit in a recent visit with Speaker Philip Gunn. And today we're going to start the first year. Of 20, excuse me, the first show of 2022 with Lieutenant Governor for the state of Mississippi, Delbert Hoseman. Delbert, how are you doing, buddy? We're doing great. Thank you very much, and Happy New Year. Uh, same, same to you. It's good to have you have you back. Hey, look, we'll start with the important stuff first. I saw on Twitter you were able to enjoy spending some time, maybe getting a deep breath, uh, some rest in the outdoors before you uh, before you start the legislative session, but we're lucky to live here in that regard, aren't we, buddy? Uh, we are. I, I, you know, we've been duck hunting, I guess, for maybe about 50 years now, and uh, just a phenomenal thing to get outside and watch the uh, world wake up and uh, acquire a little ducks to put on the grill and all that other kind of good stuff. It's just a, it's really a tradition, I think, in Mississippi, uh, all of our sportsmen, fishing, hunting, uh, all, we're an outdoor group and uh, just been real blessed to, have the ability to be out and see things go. I lose all my time uh, starting uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I won't have much other than maybe uh, Saturday afternoon. It'd be about it. I'll have left after tomorrow. You know, Walter Anderson from the coast, you know, the artist, the famed artist, once right. wrote about, about the quiet. And he said, when you get into nature and you're quiet, he says, the quieter you are, the more you notice. And at some point, you become part of nature as opposed to an unwelcome interruption. That is so true, isn't it? It is very true. And if you have a chance to sit in a deer stand and, you know, watch the turkeys come out and the raccoons go by and the deer go by, and, and it just reminds you of how important it is, I think, to, to make sure that you take that quiet time. You, it really recharges your batteries. But also realize what a small part of the world you are and uh, how much uh, you're lucky to be able to enjoy it. Yeah, there's no question about it. I thank God for it every day. I often say on the outdoor show that uh, Mississippi is the capital of the outdoors in the U.S. When you think about the saltwater fishing on the coast and what we have to enjoy all across the state, not just hunting, but just just enjoying the outdoors, we've got it all. You do, so, and uh, i tell you, one of the things that you have that I uh, had some part in was the Cat Island experience, and now we own it, you own it, Cat yeah. Island, a very big part of it. and. It is just a phenomenal asset out there. I mean, it's just like uh, it was when uh, the Quavises had it. I mean, you go all the way back to when the British were going to New Orleans, and it's just exactly like that. It's just a phenomenal asset, and I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that people will take the time to enjoy their property on the coast. It's awesome. Yeah, we, we actually have a, a guide, uh, a, a charter service yeah. guide, on, right. show on a regular basis. And right. 
he and I talk about it all the time and they, they got all over that Island and it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's a, it's, it's an incredible natural resource that we have available to us and uh, it's a special place for sure. Look, when you look at this legislative session and yeah. I want to, just for the listeners, I want to just, I want to say a few numbers to you and then, uh, and then I want, and then I'm going to ask you, do you have numbers swimming in your heads these days? And and I already know the answer to the question, but but I want to share a couple of numbers. First of all, Mississippi now has a six point four billion dollar budget, it increased by about five hundred thousand, excuse me, five hundred million in the last legislative session. But when you add to that the realities around the CARES Act funding, the American Rescue Plan, the infrastructure money, money, about three billion dollars coming to Mississippi, over a billion of that's going to be spent on roads and bridges and broadband and all kinds of other things. Then you factor into that, that in the last uh, report from the from the U.S. government, uh, inflation was about 6.8%. I mean, the highest, six, yeah, 6.8, the highest has been since 1982. The last report before that was 6.2. We'll soon, on June, January the 12th, get to see the, the, the latest number. I expect it to be up even more. Um, you think about broadband and 500 million, we've already invested another 100 million coming from the federal infrastructure plan. There is a lot to think about, isn't there, Delbert? There is, um, and we're prioritizing those. Uh, the different bills that came in, CARES Act, you've already discussed, and then we have the American Rescue Plan, which gave $1.8 billion to the state, which we'll start spending here tomorrow. $1.8 billion, that's for water, sewer, broadband, and tourism, all of which are applicable to the coast, of course. And then the next infrastructure bill that passed uh, gave us about another 800 million for roads and bridges and some additional funds for transportation, uh, mo uh, intermodal, those kinds of things. There are a lot, there's a lot in that last bill so we haven't focused so much on it. There'll be applications that'll be going with that. We've been focused on the 1.8 billion that we got to try to match the coast, and match every city and every county. And I've met with board of supervisors down there. Uh, I met with the mayors and uh, others as we've gone along. Y'all pick what is the best water and sewer project for you for now and for the future, because you're dictating where your growth policy is. And then we'll match what you do. That's, that's our goal in the Senate side, is to match whatever the cities and counties put in the ground somewhere. So, for example, uh, I think Gulfport got like $17 million, uh, and then we would match $17 million. So they'd have a $34 million pot to do their water and sewer and, and broadband and all the other stuff that goes with it. The other part that you raised is the one that bothers me more than any of it. I will tell you, Ricky, we, we have 172 people up here, you know, 122 in the Senate, I mean, the House, 52 in the Senate. Uh, so we're 174, whatever it is. But we will balance out how to spend this money, hopefully well. There are a lot of opinions, and that and that normal ship of state that, that it comes back and forth with us judging which projects to match and those kinds of things, I think those will be relatively well done. But the point you raise is the one that bothers me the most, and that's inflation and the cost of living. That's the yeah. one that we don't have anything for, and that's one of the reasons I think we'll need some tax relief bills this year. We'll need some other things to try to balance what really is eating away at your normal compensation package as you work every day. For you, whoever's running the station, whoever's working in the grocery store, all of those people are subject to this inflation. And if it continues, it's not transitory, like they first try to tell you, 
You're exactly right about that. Now it's getting to where it's a baked in. Like I'm looking at the compensation packages and I'm seeing where we used to pay people $15 an hour, $16 an hour, we're paying them $19 and $20 an hour. So you see ads out there uh, for that kind of, that compensation package. That's built in now, Ricky. And so that's not coming back. Right, that, I agree. That built-in yeah. cost of living is going up, and that's the one that bothers me really more than any of the rest of it. And it's unusual you'd bring that up. That's very astute, by the way. Yeah. But, you know, I, th I tell you, you're, you're right about this. Um, there have been significant supply chain issues, and I won't name out any particular industry, but a lot of industries have found new ways to do business. They're doing more of a just-in-time inventory. What they have found, actually, is that by not having to carry a large inventory, they save whatever that carrying cost is, and the consumers have sort of gotten a little bit conditioned to having to wait on products uh, to some extent. I, I, I do believe that some of this will work itself out, but to think that we'll ever go back to where we were before the pandemic. Pandemic. And then when you also factor into the, the the pretty much set labor cost scenario that we're dealing with, I don't think there's a way, you know, and, and as you know, the Fed did talk about it as transitory initially, but they don't talk about it now yeah. as transitory. Um, what does this mean? I mean, when you're when you're going to be spending hundreds of millions of dollars on projects, and you have to factor in the additional costs associated with this, in some cases, could be much greater than six percent. That's a lot of money. It is. And what what will happen to us? I've been meeting with the uh, with our economic person here. We have we have an economic an ec economist that works for the state, and so as the state economist has been talk talking to us about what is your inflation figure? When we first started to do our budget last year in September, it was two percent, and I told him you need to come right around with me because it's not two percent. And so gradually we've been up to like four percent. And now we're are estimating four to five percent inflation figure, and that's for July 1, 22 to 23. So we're looking at what that inflation factor is. The government actually collects money from that because prices go up and there's sales taxes or whatever. But what bothers me is whether or not we're going to be able to keep pace with the economics of the family. Those yeah. old kitchen table things that you talk about where your gas has gone up, your groceries have gone up, your brick, your eggs have gone up. All those things are, are eating on, uh, the inflation is eating on your base spendable income. And I, I think I think our inflation is a greater risk, certainly than they ever thought it was when we started this. And now it's uh, now we've gotten down to where we're, we're going to need to deal with it. And I've asked them, what do we do? How do we go about making sure our inflation doesn't eat up Mississippi's uh, revenue? And, and we're, we're working on that actually for this year. We're going to continue this conversation with Lieutenant Governor uh, Delbert Hoseman. We'll get back on the other side. See you after this break. on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coastview. We're joined by Lieutenant Governor for the state of Mississippi, Delwood Hoseman. And when we went to break, we were just talking about <laughs> the sea of numbers that you have to have in your head these days as a state leader. It's still a lot of compromise to come, a lot of trying to get in tune with one another. Because, I mean, again, you know, the legislative process is a lot about compromise and debate and discussion and a lot, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And one, you know, one thing's for sure, some of these things we got to deal with, we can't put them off. Um, and so there's, you believe going into the, into this session, certainly heard this from the, from the speaker a week or two ago, there is a sense of urgency, isn't there? There is, um, but I, I want to balance that. I'm glad you brought that up as well. I want to balance that with the thought that we have all of this money to just dump it one year is probably not a good idea. And it, there are a lot of reasons for that. The capital expenses, you know, how you're going to actually get the cable, how you're going to get people to pour the concrete. You know, there's so only so much you can actually accomplish in one year. So we want to be careful to have this actually be spent over a period of one, two or three years. And what that does is that keeps our economy going. That makes sure that we get things done for the least possible cost instead of just having everybody, there's only a few people that can do the work and we get outbid and a lot of our costs go up. And then it keeps us uh, going on projects where we're having them well thought out instead of just people asking, I need $20 million for this. Well, what exactly is the 20 million gonna be spent on? Give us a hard number on what you're going to do. So I, I think the, the pressure will be equal that we go on and balance this over a year or two years or three years, these expenditures, so that we make sure that every one of them is spent correctly and not we yeah. just give you $10 million. For example, on our match, we want to reimburse. So if, if, uh, if Harrison County spends $8 million on a project, uh, we'll pay for $4 million of it. The legislature would appropriate $4 million, and then we pay as it is as accomplished. So we write a check when you get the bill. Not yeah. just send them the money and then hope it hope it works out that way and that kind of thing. Sometimes those don't all complete go to completion. So there's a lot of moving parts, but we would not be in good shape, I don't think, to try to dump 1.8 billion dollars in here. Education has gotten 1.6 billion. Cities and counties got 900 million. So you're talking about billions and billions of dollars. Trying to spend that in one year is probably not prudent. So you've said that with the with the uh, uh, the state having a I think actually over a billion dollars in the bank right now that that is a situation financially that could really help us help lead to a more viable discussion around tax a tax release bill. What, what's your thoughts about how how we're going to do on that regard? Well, I think you're right about that too. We we have about we've made about 400 million over budget this year. And we started the budget with about a billion dollar excess. So we're about 1.4 billion or 5 billion in that range. It varies a little bit when we get the final Christmas numbers in. So we'll be in pretty good shape. And those funds are not restricted like the water, sewer, broadband, or infrastructure funds. Those can be des designated by the legislatures they deem appropriate for whatever. Uh, clearly, there will be an education component. Our, our teachers uh, need to get their compensation levels up. Clearly, there'll be some other education initiatives. Clearly, there'll be a healthcare component of this. Uh, we want to do a retention bonus or retention payment for nurses. We want to increase the size of nursing schools. We, we've been talking to Mary Graham, who's doing one on the, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and other nursing schools at the university and other places. So clearly, there are a number of things that are not restricted by the federal government funding that the legislature will be able to address like health care, education, and, and, some, and some infrastructure needs, I think. 
and of course the most important one i guess some tax relief so do you think we'll ever be in a situation where we completely eliminate a state income tax clearly in the house proposals and in everything i've seen you're talking about decades away before that would occur so i'm I'm really kind of more focused on how we can do the immediacy of relief to address these inflation issues and the immediacy of relief addressing the fact that we've collected more than anybody in the world ever thought we would so we need to put that money back in taxpayers hands so i i don't see us doing that and i think even under the house program uh, when they were going to increase sales taxes it was probably about 12 or 15 years before it would completely go away so on, on a short term um, now i don't see income taxes going away completely i see relief in a number of different areas Okay, so let's shift gears. Um, that was one that will continue to be debated. And I, th- I don't think many people will argue that not having an income tax would be beneficial to Mississippi from a competitive point of view. The, the bottom line is how do you make the numbers work? And how do you not put Mississippi in a position where it would uh, it would uh, regret that it did made such a decision? Um, the Mississippi's ballot initiative is an important process. I just want to, um, you know, we, we've seen with merit, medical marijuana and the Supreme Court ruling how that's sort of been turned upside down. Do you think we're going to get to fix the ballot initiative process pretty quickly? Yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful. I, I tasked two of our senators with that, uh, Senator Polk and Senator Johnson, our constitutional uh, committee chair and our AET chair, accounting and uh, efficiency uh, government chair. And I, I am very uh, hopeful in our conversations with them they have some proposals uh that i think will be forthcoming i I haven't talked really too too much with the house i'm hopeful they'll be on the same wavelength that we are but to me i don't think we ought to have a constitutional amendment process it just is too burdensome it's too hard to change we see that what happened with 65 uh we'll have a medical marijuana bill i think early this year uh, but it'll be different than what 65 was, the initiative that was thrown out by the Supreme Court. But it'll be much improved because it had more eyes look at it, six months to look at legislators, sheriffs, all kinds of people had input, healthcare professionals. And now we have a better bill, I think, to roll out. I think the same thing goes with the initiative. It probably needs to be statutory and not constitutional. I like the fact that we have some number uh that can, can can statutorily put things in that the legislature may not address to, to the will of the people I, I like that part um there are some people that that uh, that want to do constitutional but I, I don't hear very much of that i hear more where it would be a statutory change at the will of the people i actually get i actually get that and um the the the, the notion that when a bill passes it's going to be in its best form is really it's yeah. really not very practical. The, right. the reality is times change or tweaks need to be made. If it, if it were statutory, then it would give you the ability to come back in and continue to make tweaks at it, improve it. Do Sometimes you don't need to do whatever it was anymore and you got to go in another direction. But when it's constitutional, it makes it quite onerous to make changes, doesn't it? It does. And I, I just don't think that's a workable solution right now. I, uh, only like three or four of those have ever passed, I think, uh, voter ID and eminent domain. Right to life one failed, uh, 65 passed. So there's been a few that have passed out of, you know, 70 or 80 of them. So it's not very effective, I think. Uh, and I, I think you're dead right about that. I'd, I'd like to have something. Think about how we've evolved in the last 20 or 30 years and technology-wise. I mean, things change and they're going to evolve further. So we need to be nimble in our response. 
Hey, I want to talk just a little bit about the Coast Restoration Funds, the BP money. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think we have, if my math is right, about 14 more years of disbursements to do. It may be 15, but essentially several more years to go. And my, my thought about it from the very beginning is that Coastal Mississippi is an economic engine for the rest of the state. We should be super focused on, on transformational projects, the kind of projects that are going to pay back years to come, not just building a municipal building that may not have the kind of payback that we're talking about. I think one of the good things the legislature did, legislature did is create a school scoring a group of really, really able business people who could say grace over and score the projects. But when you enable projects to go around that scoring, it to me, it, does, it seems very like a political process. And it, if we're really focused on improving the system and wanting uh, wanting to find transformation, it seems to me we'd be, we'd be tweaking the scoring approach and then forcing all projects to go through that. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think a year ago we did about 60% or so of the ones that were recommended and maybe 30 or 40% of the ones came out of the legislature that were not on the list. I got the list from MDA about two weeks ago uh, on recommended projects. I thought there was some good, good bit of thought that went into that and I thought the projects were scored um, and, and appeared to be in order for the legislature to consider. Now, what happens, Ricky, the real truth of this, the members of the Senate and the members of the House from the coast, they get together and, de and decide, make this final decision. So your legal, your representatives do, and I don't know, I haven't ever seen the rest of the legislature, the Senate or the House, really buck them or throw out their recommendation. So they are up here, they believe that the coast delegation, the senators and the House members from the coast, know the coast better better than somebody from DeSoto County, so we ought to let their decision process work. Some of the uh, some of the senators and the members of the House uh, feel that their projects were better scored than got what's got scored, and that political process goes on up here, and it'll go on in about two months. And I, I tend to like the ones that have been scored from the coast. I think that is a really good guidepost. The legislature gets to spend the money. That's the way the Constitution says. So there'll, there'll be some differences of that. But the closer that we look at what y'all recommend from your committee that uh, Governor Bryant put together, the better off we are. There'll be some nuances, something that may come up or whatever, uh, or something that needs to be postponed to next year, that kind of thing. But the closer we get to the uh, ones that are scored by the Gulf Coast people themselves, I think the better off we are. I agree. I, I don't. I, I don't like the idea of of going around the committee, because if we're really focused on, if you go back and look at the intent of the bill, the intent of the bill was to find transformation, is to find those kind of projects that are going to pay back for many years to come, and you know. I get, I get, I don't blame anybody for seeking the money if they have, uh, you know, something they want to take care of in their area. But some of those projects, at least in the initial round, were not transformational. I think we did a little bit better this time, and maybe we'll continue to improve as we go forward. I, but look, I, I wish we could spend an hour together today. We're, we're already out of time. But, but good luck in this legislative session. I know you've got a lot, a lot of uh, things to think about. God bless you guys, and uh, good luck to you. Thank you very much. The coast is going to have a very good year in the next couple of years. We're we're uh, we're looking at a lot of economic things to go there. I think you'll be very pleased, and and uh, we're looking forward to working for everybody this year. Look forward to visiting with you again soon. Take care. This has been Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hudson. We'll see you, and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.
listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.